the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the Mini Helmet Contest. The SGPN Mini Helmet is here in stores, and we're giving one away for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. And football bingo is back. NFL Christmas Day slate is here. Free to play. Every bingo gets a $100 SGPN gift card exclusively on the SGPN app. Yes, sir. We are here for take two of a Friday edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. If you know, you know, and if you don't, well, you don't. So I'm here. You know me, know the guy. It's me, really real, villain real, Terrell Furman Jr. at your service. And here is the moment everybody's waiting for. Partner and pick Scott Studio Rachel. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. Uh, doing well. Hopefully uh, this take works better than the first one. Apparently my mic was also not working at the end, so maybe it was just a cursed meeting. We'll see, but hopefully this live stream works a bit better. But as I was saying before, uh, the card yesterday was pretty odd. You only had two games on, and now we have 14. So a lot of games tonight, and hopefully we make some money going through them. Yeah, uh, yesterday, really great day for me and Delonte. We all over CJ McCullough's assist. We actually told you to take him at a double-double. We fell one assist short of that. So we could have had a really nice cash there. You almost had like, a triple. Yeah, yeah. When it, when I looked at the uh, first quarter, and he had like six rebounds. He had like four, five, six rebounds, some early. And I'm like, oh, man, we should have sprinkled on this triple. But, you know, uh, it, it you know things don't work out. Trey Murphy was my lock. He got there on the hook over 14 and a half points, never in doubt. And he didn't get there for my bonus dog, the two and a half three pointers. But we did get there on my bonus lock of the Wizards Jazz first half over 112 and a half. It was a system play there. I mean, the Jazz were seven and three to the over at home. Wizards were seven and three to the over on the road. So it all really worked out for that. And I was just a very easy system play there. Didn't get Wizards money line either. Should have really took them first half. I told everybody Wizards were going to win at the first half. And then we were going to come in and bet the Jazz on the third quarter because they were such a good third quarter team at home. But didn't follow my own advice. Took the full game, not the first half. Walker Kessler, though, really great game. Talked about his rebounds, seven and a half. That was really, really good. But other than that, Hey, he got his double-double. He got a double-double. Very good game for Walker Kessler. So, uh, look, looking forward to that. Either way here, 14 games on the slate. Scott, everything good on your end? Yeah, uh, I think my headphones might be a bit messed up. So, I'm going to try to fix it by not using it. So, as far as, <laughs> I know the, as far as I know, the acoustics in here aren't that bad. So, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But maybe yeah, with no. my headphones, maybe. I don't know. But I'm assuming it's still working out fine. Do I sound yeah. good on your end? Yeah, no, you sound you sound fine on my end. So. Okay, fine. So um, it might be the headphones. We'll see. Uh, it's what happens when you constantly have to fold them up and put them into like a bag to carry them. But it is what it <laughs> is. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the card. Should be fun and a lot of games to go through. 
Yep, getting ready for Christmas. I am here celebrating in the Christmas spirit with my Tupac Christmas sweater. Ain't nothing but a Christmas party. Shout out to uh, one of the goats in the music industry. So we are here enjoying ourselves. I'm, I mean, it's 14 games, Scott. We got to dip right into it. We can't talk too much about other things here. So let's get into the slate. Kicking things off. San Antonio Spurs are on a back-to-back. Going to play the Orlando Magic. The surging Orlando Magic. Magic are laying seven. Seven right now. 227 and a half is the total. Uh, do I have a I don't have an injury report for the Spurs because they just the, played the only injury season. report is Kelvin Johnson currently is questionable. That's really the only thing worth talking about. And I think that and I think that this is a good chance that he plays seeing how he didn't play last night. You know, yeah. they knew they had a back to back. They decided to play him one night and sit him the next and playing him not playing him in the first game gives him an opportunity for extra rest and be more healthy for this Orlando game. But so, yeah, Keldon Johnson is is one. And then going over to the Magic, Wendell Carter Jr. foot is available for this game. He's more than likely going to be on a minutes restriction. And Jalen Suggs is out. Gary Harris hamstring. He is available to play in this game. So that's pretty much it for the injury report on that one. The Magic are laying seven. But. Let me put this into context for you because this is not the same Orlando Magic team. In the last eight, they have won seven of their last eight games. Like seven. They've won seven of the last eight games. That's probably why they made this line seven. They said, oh, seven of the last eight. Let's just make the line seven. The Spurs sucks, whatever. And we've seen the Spurs without Keldon. They get blown out all the time. Yeah, very much. Last night was, they actually fought back in that game. And it was really because of Sochan. He just had an amazing game. He was, and he's not a great offensive player. He just had a great game. He just had, he just was feeling it. He was really feeling it last night, looking like Dennis Rodman out there. And, uh, Devin Vassell, I, I faded Devin Vassell yesterday because you know, that's my guy. I never really fade him, but the Herb Jones matchup is Mm -hmm. legit. And that had him flustered. So, now you're getting seven against the Orlando Magic. What are you doing? This one's pretty tricky because I know that uh, all of us liked Orlando during the offseason. It took a little while for them to gel, but it seems like they finally figured it out. My question for you is we see this all the time where you get key players back into a starting lineup after a long period off, and you see them struggle initially trying to get them back into the flow of the offense. Do we think Wendell Carter coming back and potentially being rusty might impact the overall flow of this offense since they're going to have to give him north of 20 minutes and there's no guarantee how he's going to actually look? Or do you think Orlando can overcome? Oh, man. That's, I think, that's kind of one thing that's staring me off. I think it's concerning because I I don't know. I, I don't – actually, now that I think about it, I don't know if it's really that concerning because it's not like I'm expecting him to spot up shoot. like a, Like how – He's under the rim. Like he's getting, he does his work under the rim. He does his work on the boards. Like I feel like I'm not as worried as if it was Jalen Suggs coming back okay. and Jalen Suggs having to get back into shooting rhythm, get to his spots, hitting hitting open jump shots. Like I would be more concerned if it was Suggs coming back than if it was Wendell Carter coming back. I was just, I was just food for thought. I thought it was worth bringing up, but. Uh, Orlando, we know, has been playing well. It is a lot of points to be laying, but. I think if I had to give out a play here, it would probably be the over or Orlando team total over. I don't see much defense being played. Orlando has played a bit faster recently. Yeah. 
We know the Spurs can guard anybody. doesn't matter who they're playing. So I think you'll end up seeing a bit of a track meet breakout, maybe first half over if you're afraid about fatigue for San Antonio in the second half of the back-to-back. But I'm going to go with the over. I think you'll see points. Yeah, I think I think you'll see points too. Um, talked about it yesterday. San Antonio's been one of dead last teams, dead last in terms of defensive efficiency. Defensive inefficiency. Like it doesn't matter what metric, field goal percentage, three point percentage, points per game, like whatever it is, they're just letting people score the basketball. And I think that if you give this Orlando Magic team opportunities to score the basketball, they're really going to kill you for it. So. Uh, I think I'm just going to stick with the over and call it a day. I do like the over. I feel comfortable, even with San Antonio on a bat-to-bat, I feel comfortable that San Antonio is going to do their part of the scoring just because it's a possibility that Keldon Johnson plays in this game. He could not, but it's a possibility that he does play in this game. And then you also have the added – Devin Vassell doesn't have a premier defender on him, so I think he's about to go get buckets this game. I'm back on Devin Vassell for this game. Uh, Orlando 0 oh, 3 is a favorite this season. Is that straight up or against the spread? Well, it can't be, it can't be straight up because they beat the uh, I had them as my lock. No, no, they no, they're they're 0 3. It says here they're 0 3 on the money line as well. That's probably based on opening lines because I know for a fact yeah. they closed the favorite against Houston. Okay, uh, I can't, I can't get in front of Orlando right now. I'm going to just take Orlando minus seven. I can't either. Like I, It's either Orlando or pass, but I feel better about the over. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Orlando. I'll take Orlando in the first half, probably sitting there at three and a half, maybe four. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take Orlando in the first half, and I'll take Orlando seven for the game. Cool. All right, next game on the slate, we have the Los Angeles Clippers going to play the Philadelphia 76ers in Philly. Minus three and a half for the 76ers. 2.15 is the total Injury report for this one, and we have whoa, I lost it. I have it back for the injury report. I mean, come on, it's the Clippers. You already know who's going to be on the injury report. Looks clear right now, so I'll see what happens. But I guess, but whatever. Uh, John Wall questionable with an ankle injury. Jason Preston, Brandon Boston are both out in the G League, and Tyrese Maxey, we all know, is still not playing. So, quote-unquote, full-strength Clippers team against this 76ers team. What are you doing? I like the under in this game. Total seems low. I actually don't think it's low enough. Pace should be an issue for both teams in this game. We know that the Sixers play a lot slower with Embiid and Harden because they want to run the pick and roll all the time. And the Clippers play a lot slower as well under Ty Lue. So, I see points being at a bit of a premium here, which is why this total does seem pretty short at around 214 and a half. I actually think it's a little too large. I like the under. But for the side here, Philly's won six straight. They've been very good at home. They're 13 and six straight up at home. Clippers are eight and seven on the road. But the Clippers' full season numbers are a bit misleading because they've played so many games without why Paul George or both. I'm not sure if the Clippers are undervalued now. I'm going to take the Clippers. I think that they can match up well against Harden because of the length they have with the likes of uh, Kawhi and Paul George. Embiid might do his thing, so I don't know if you can really combat that, but I do think the Clippers getting three and a half here against a Sixers team that has had issues at times scoring the ball that can be a little bit, I'd say, inconsistent, and they go through some scoring droughts on occasion. If the Clippers can shut down Harden, 
I'm not sure anyone on the Sixers will actually get going because he's the main facilitator on the team. I'm going to go with the Clippers. I'm going to go with them on the money line, but I do like the under in this game. I see the pace being slow, and I think you'll see a defensive slugfest. But I'll lean to the Clippers. It'll be a very close game throughout, though. Uh, what are the odds that you can get on Joel and be double-double? Uh, let me check. I'm Just assuming the-, the odds will be somewhere <laughs> in the minus like 150 to 200 range, if I had to guess. Because why and while you're doing that, I'm just looking at Joel Embiid's game log versus the Clippers, and he has 27 and 10. That was only in 28 minutes, by the way. Uh, thir- 40 and 13, 36 minus and 14, minus 160. Okay, that's where I thought it would be, but yeah, yeah. So, so 40 and 13, 36 and 14, 26 and 9, 28 and 19, 41 and 13, 29 and 16, 32 and 16. He kills this team. He he destroys this team. He gets he destroys them on the boards. He's able to score points. I can see him getting into the post. Like they and you really can't like you can't really put their two best defenders on him. Like they they're not going to be as effective. Like I'm sure you can do. They can go up there and do their best, but I think Joel Embiid's going to go get whatever he can get, regardless. So, how many minutes do you think Zubak actually plays? He played 23 minutes in his first game back from injury. Do we expect him to play 30? But he let's ignore the foul trouble and whatever. Like, do we they think he's going to play a decent amount of minutes? They ha- they he probably will get in foul trouble. I'm not going to lie. I think I'm I think he will too. Him. But I'm saying hypothetically speaking, do you think he? Is he going to have any restrictions whatsoever, or do you think he no, plays? No, I think I think they I think they just say bump like we just got to let him play. They don't have an option. If he doesn't play, then this is a system just bet Joel Embiid's points all the way up because there's nobody that can stop him. They literally he is a mismatch nightmare for this Clippers team. Yeah, and if you want to go through the actual point total for Embiid, it is thirty and a half minus one twenty on the over. The reason why I asked about Zubox potential minute restriction, I'm not saying this bet's going to cash or not. But Zubak double double is plus three eighty. Three eighty. That's why I'm asking. Like I know it's a bad matchup, and I know he might get into foul trouble. I get it. But Zubak is their main center, and a double double for a guy who's a good rebounder is plus three eighty. Yeah, no, that's yeah. no, that's actually good odds. It's that, just that's that, why I'm, I feel like that should be closer to like two to one. To be honest, if I think three eighty is too high. He's got it. He has to play the minutes. He has to play the minutes or they're going to get destroyed. So I, I like a sprinkle on it. I'm not going to lie. I do like a sprinkle on it, but I do think that he has a pretty good opportunity of getting into foul trouble here because Joel B is going to attack him. He's going to attack him. He's going to try to knock him out in the game because he knows if it's no Zubat, who, who's stopping him? Who else is coming in the lineup to slow him down? You're not going to, you know, take a stand for one of the podcast legends, Moses Brown. No, they're not. No, <laughs> no they're the, and they shown they the Clippers and basically any other team with Moses Brown has shown that if they have a capable center, they are not going to play Moses Brown minutes. Yeah, pretty much. So, I, I they should really actually probably want Zulak not to play in this game, and I would much rather prefer if Moses Brown was starting to play a Moses Brown props than Zubash tonight. I, I was just throwing it out there for three eighty. I don't mind the price for double double, but. All right. Uh, I'm assuming you're taking Philly then because you just think Embiid's going to go for like 40? Yep. Pretty much. I think they bury him. Okay. Any thoughts on the over-under? Oh, yeah. I'm on the under. Yeah, I'm going to lean I think it's an Embiid game and nobody – and I think that's what the game plan is for the Clippers. Like, hey, we literally don't have an option for Joel Embiid. 
we have an option for everybody else. So, Joe MB, if you want to go out there and try to score 100 points by yourself, go ahead and do that. But we're limiting everybody else in the lineup. So, my, my favorite play is the under in that game. I will play a Tobias Harris under because I think that he has the worst matchup in this game. That is definitely going to be true. He uh, is see. going to see either Kawhi Leonard or Paul George or a combination of both for the duration of the entire game. That's not good. It's very, very not good. I don't think I would want to. <laughs> I don't think I would want to do that. Uh, his right. current numbers at 15 and a half. Oh, you guys are lame. It's at minus one third to the over. So I'm assuming you could probably find a juice 16 and a half to the under somewhere. Yeah, you guys are lame. I thought I was going to get him at like 17, 18. All right. I'm still going to stick by it. Okay. All right. Anything else for this game? Uh, no, I got nothing. Next game, let's say we have the Detroit Pistons going to play the Atlanta Hawks. Minus, if y'all see me like wiping my nose, please don't judge me. Again, I'm flu game Jordan right here. The flu, flu game season, Jordan, man. Yes, it's flu game Jordan, and I'm still here. So, Detroit Pistons are going to the Atlanta to play the Atlanta Hawks. Minus nine for the Hawks. Two thirty three is the total injury report for these two teams. And we, wow, my injury report keeps. Just loading every time I go on the screen. All right, here we go. Injury report, and we have for the Detroit Pistons. You're not well. You know you're not going to see Kate Cunningham for the rest of the season. Isaiah Livers not seeing him as well. So pretty clean for them. Clay Capella is questionable with the calf injury, and that is it for the Atlanta Hawks. I feel like my breakdown for this game is pretty simple, but I think we're going to see eye to eye here. But I'm I'm not laying eight and a half with Atlanta. I mean, we're getting dangerously close to this 10, this double-digit margin for the Pistons. I kind of wish the Pistons would, would label somebody out so I can get to that 10. But Besides the Pistons being double-digit dogs, potentially, the Hawks are bad. Like, they're not yes. a good team. We've been criticizing them for most of the season, and now reports are coming out that for the last month or so, Trey Young and the coach haven't gotten along. He might be playing through an injury. And there are some rumors. Now, once again, I don't know how accurate this is on the Twitter sphere, but it seems like a lot of players don't exactly like playing with Trey Young, which wouldn't surprise me because he's a stat sheet point guard who I don't think really helps you win games because he's one of the worst defensive players in the entire league. He does nothing off ball as well. So he's kind of one-dimensional offensively. I know he's a good facilitator and he can shoot. I get that. But the shooting hasn't been great lately. And... It feels like when DeJounte has the ball, he doesn't do anything. He just stands in the corner, kind of like what we used to criticize Harden for back when he was in Houston with Chris Paul, for example. But there's no way I'm late in that eight and a half with Atlanta. Detroit's been feisty. They've been competitive. And I think I'm going to take a money line in this game. I want nothing to do with Atlanta. I think this team's bad. I think it's kind of a ticking time bomb. And I think the fact that it's laying eight and a half is absurd to me. I'm taking Detroit. It's pretty cut and dry for me. Huh. Is there any team in the league besides maybe a team that was benching half their starters that you'd actually want to lay eight and a half with with Atlanta? Because I can't. Oh, no, I absolutely. Oh, I absolutely would not ever want to lay eight and a half with Atlanta. And I'm not laying it. I'm I'm all over the Pistons spread here. Like, that's that's a lot. I don't mind the money line. Like Atlanta, even at home, has not been good. That's where I am trying to get there, because one spot that I have been backing Atlanta all season is when they have these when they lose a home game they mm-hmm. typically play really well at mouse back and get a win at the in the next home game 
and that's where that's where I'm trying to get there. They just lost, and they blew that lead to the to the Bulls. They had a lead. I think they should have lost two straight because uh, they blew that lead against Orlando, and they yep. had the foul call with Dejounte at the end to win the game. So I, they haven't even looked good at home. Like, yeah, I, so I don't think they're a good team. I'm close to the money line. I'm close to getting there on the money line. I'm not there yet, but I am all over the plus nine. I think that this Detroit team is too good. Like they're playing very well. What good basketball when they're getting these large numbers and they're covering the spread. And Atlanta is just doesn't look good. They don't look good at all. So I'm right now I'm on a Detroit cover. Atlanta finds a way to get a win, but I can probably be swayed into that uh, money line for the Detroit before the end of this podcast for sure. And Detroit has lost four straight, but they've played good teams. They played the Kings, played the Nets, played the Jazz, and then on a back-to-back played at Philly. They had no chance in that Philly game on a back-to-back against Embiid. They had no shot. But that's four playoff teams right now. And you're looking at Atlanta, lost to Chicago. They haven't been good. Uh, Beat Orlando barely. They should have lost that game. Beat Mm -hmm. Charlotte, lost to Orlando, and got buried by Memphis the game prior. Now, Atlanta's 2-0 against the Pistons this season, which might be a reason why they're laying nine. But I can't do it. Is it but that was a, that was early in the season where they yeah. had a back to back stretch in in uh, Detroit. I remember those games because I think I was on Detroit one of those games. So it's a whole completely different team. I think this Detroit team is clicking on all cylinders. So I think Atlanta I, from a spread perspective might just be pure fade territory because you yeah, can't trust I this agree. team. They don't they don't close out games. The coach and the star player clearly don't like each other, and. I don't know where exactly they're gelling in terms of chemistry. It seems like the whole team from top to bottom is kind of just in really in flux. Yeah, if I can get a live number on Detroit. If it like ever crosses say, double digits, I'll take it. Yeah, and I'm sure it will. I think that if I can if I can get it like 15, that's that just seems like free money at any point. Because there's I don't think that Atlanta has what it takes to close out and blow this Detroit team out. I really don't. So. If I would take Atlanta, it would be first half if I wanted to make a case because I've seen Atlanta late in games. They are really bad with leads. Yeah, I was thinking first quarter. I was okay. thinking first quarter as well. Just a bounce back from the fact that they blew, you know, they, they've been, this has been a bad homestand. They got a three-game homestand right now. This is the last game. It's been bad. That game for against Orlando was bad. That game against the Bulls obviously was bad. So, all right. Let's see here. Chat saying Jaden Jaden Ivy is hot right now. Yeah, he is. He's playing really good basketball right now. I'm obviously on Duran rebounds, which I've been on with Munaf for a couple games at this point. Now Capella coming back could potentially hurt it, but I, I think he'd be on a minute restriction because Capella's been banged up for the last couple weeks. Yeah, Duran's just <laughs> a very good rebounding big man. I think that his rebounding number should be pretty solid. And I'm on Bogdanovich, Boyan, not Bogdan. Well, I, I could be swayed into Bogdan as well, but Bo, I'm definitely on Boyan. He's he's had the usage. He's been the guy for this team. He's going to get the usage and the points. So I'm on Boyan. I'm trying to see what a Duran double double is. The issue with, is usually points with him, but he's. I mean, he's playing a bunch of minutes and he's been really good. So yep. uh, if I can find anything above two to one, that might just be. I don't want to say an auto play, but there's a lot of value on it based on how good he's been rebounding the ball. Let me yep. just pull that up quickly. Uh, Duran double double is plus two ten. Plus two ten, yeah, yeah, that feels like a good a good play for the total two thirty three. I mean, I'm leaning over. I don't. I it's a clear over for me. Yeah. I, I think I I would definitely play Detroit team total over. I I don't trust Atlanta 
defensively right now at all. I I really don't. And so now now the fact that they're nine point favorites, so I'm getting a very favorable line on Detroit's team total over. Yeah, absolutely. I'm playing Detroit's team total over. I think that that is what what's that number at? Let me see here. I, you can get Detroit's team total at. Oh wait, that's not it. I see one eleven and a half. Yeah, like the, it's minus one twenty five, but it's still it's a reasonable number of juice. Or yeah, absolutely, juice. absolutely. All right, let's move on to the next game in the slate. We have the Milwaukee Bucks going to play the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn, Scott. Minus three for the Nets. 229 is the total uh, injury report for these two teams. And we have, whoa, scroll, 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 scroll. For the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis is probable with a knee injury. Chris Middleton is doubtful with a knee injury. And for the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving is not on the injury report, so he's expected to play with that calf. And Yuta Watanabe is questionable with the hamstring injury. Okay. Milwaukee is not good as dogs. This line also looks pretty sketchy, doesn't it? Because Milwaukee historically has owned Brooklyn. Yes, they have. That is very true. I want to pull up Milwaukee's numbers as a dog. Milwaukee, I feel like, why do I feel like Milwaukee is not good as dogs? Like, nor, most of the time when they're a dog, I, I question probably, myself, like, should I fade them? And I do fade them, and it works out. I'm assuming it's skewed, though, because the only time or most of the time Milwaukee is a dog is probably because Giannis is not playing. Okay. So I have to at least point that out. Milwaukee's favored in most games they play. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Let's see here. As a, as an underdog this season, they are two and three against the spread, and all oh every time they've been they never been an underdog at home. So every time they've been a dog, it was on the road. Two and three against the spread. I think the games that I'm thinking of in particular, where everybody was playing, was Memphis. I'm pretty sure everybody played in that Memphis game, and they got buried. And yep. then was everybody playing in that Cavs game that just happened? I think so. So, at least I know for a fact that Giannis and Holiday were were they yeah. dogs against Dallas when they won that game in miraculous fashion on Friday. I think they were. Do- were they a dog in that game? Or they were maybe? I think it, I think it switched. I think it like it was like okay. minus one Dallas went minus one Bucks. I think it was back and forth. Yeah. I'm I don't think I'm afraid. I don't think I'm afraid of. <sighs> I'm leaning Brooklyn here. As Are a Nets really? fan, I find it very odd that they're favored in this game. I know they've played well. They scored 91 points against basically a G League team with the Warriors. But this line does seem extremely trappy because I feel like most people will blindly take Giannis to dominate against the Nets again. He had 45 against the Cavs. I mean, we know that he's a phenomenal offensive player. We know that the Nets can't guard him. But it's also a bit of selective recall. But as a Nets fan, this team is insane on Friday nights for the last, like, two, three years. They win all the time on Friday night. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the crowd. Maybe it's just the overall. Is that a real Is that a real thing? They're really good on Friday night. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me because I'm looking up. I tried to look it up, and they have the Nets history on Friday night, which goes back to, like, the 1970s, which doesn't help me. But if I look for the last couple of years, if you actually scrolled through the game, like, the actual schedule, it takes some effort. But – 
they're really good on Friday nights. I don't know what it is, but they it feels like they always win on Friday. I'm, I'm and as a Nets fan, I watch a decent amount of those games. I can tell you they win a lot of the time on Friday. Okay. All right. Um, let's see here. All right. Series has been split the last five games, 3-2 going to Milwaukee. And Milwaukee has won the last two games in Brooklyn. Brooklyn has won two of three in Milwaukee. Huh. I think. First of all, does it surprise you the Nets are favored? I'm not surprised. Okay. I think that it's a little bit of the market and recency bias and the fact that how Milwaukee lost to Cleveland recently. You know the game before. I think that has. And then have won seven straight. Yes, I think that has something to do with, and the fact that they just blew the Warriors out, which doesn't mean zero anything to me. I don't care what they did against that Warriors team at all, whatsoever. But I can understand how the market sees that, and I think that's why I can make sense of the line. And because I can make sense of the line, I'm going to stick with my original pick, and I'm going to go with Milwaukee plus three. Okay. And I think Milwaukee in this spot looks a little too easy based on how good Giannis has been. I think it I think I'd rather instead of taking Bucks plus three, I would rather just take Giannis points over. Because if mm-hmm. the Bucks are gonna win, Giannis is going for thirty five. You know yeah. Durant or Kyrie or both are gonna get theirs. I don't think the Bucks can guard either of them. You can argue maybe holiday, but the Nets run so many screens and so many just misdirection plays. I do think it might be mm-hmm. tricky for Holiday to constantly be sticking to one of those two guys. I think at the end of the day, Giannis, if the Bucs win, is going to go nuclear. And Nick mentioned in the last five games here against Brooklyn, 43-44-29-31-32. I've taken his points total over against the Nets for the last couple of years, and it cashes basically every time. So instead of taking the Bucs, I'd rather take Giannis points over because they can still lose and he can still go nuclear. But I'm going to go with the Nets. I, I just think that the line seems a little bit tricky. And I think it's baiting you to take Milwaukee. I'll hold my nose and take the net. Yeah. Um, uh, no Middleton in this is really throwing me off, man. I don't even um, know how much Middleton means to me because I'm so used to him not playing at this point. You know? Yeah. Like he's into the lineup, he's out of the lineup, and I don't really – I'm at the point where I'm kind of just numb to it. Not saying he's a bad player, but I'm so accustomed to him not playing. I don't know if it actually has any impact on my handicap. I'm going to stick with Milwaukee. If this is a close game. I'm going to just take the points. I think this is a close game. I'm going to take the points. Okay. That's, this is a tough one. I think this is probably one of the harder games to handicap. On, on. I think it is difficult, but once again, I'd rather take Giannis points instead of Milwaukee money line because I think they're very correlated. All right. Or maybe a same-game parlay with the Milwaukee money line and Giannis 30-plus or 35-plus. All right, total's at 229. What are you doing there? This one's tricky because the first meeting died. First meeting landed at 209, and we've seen, historically speaking, these games be a little bit more defensive than what Mm -hmm. oddsmakers anticipate. They have to put the total high because you have Durant and you have Giannis and you have uh, Kyrie and you expect a bunch of points. But when they play, usually the total's too high. Yeah. So I'm actually going to lean under here. I think you'll see a pretty ugly quarter or two, which might drag the whole pace down. Mm. Fourth quarter in this game might be hideous because you might just see a bunch of half-court intense battles there. I'm going to lean under. Yeah, that, so that's where, I, that's where my handicap kind of was. I was thinking of that fourth quarter and just more of you're going to see a lot of isolations with Kyrie, with 
KD with Giannis. And while they're going to be scoring points, that's going to slow the pace completely down. Like that's. Gonna... I'd rather take a live total. I think this game yeah. is need to get off to a fast start and then die at some point. But at, at some point, you will notice, kind of like an all-star game, the pace and the intensity of the game might just flip in between quarters. And if you can jump in at the right time, you might be able to beat a serious live line and make a decent amount of money. Yeah, that's where I'm thinking of it, too. And a lot of money is coming in on over. It's dragged this total up. It opened up at 225 and a half, mm-hmm. which, is, which was, you know, pretty low. But now I think we're coming to a point where I got to come back in on the under. So, yeah, 229 is it for me. We said the props we like. Nick also thrown in chat Kyrie's last five versus Brooklyn, 27, 25, 38, 38, 20. He meant against Milwaukee, but same stats. Uh, yeah, yeah, last five against Milwaukee. Yeah, I did say Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, last five against Milwaukee, 27, 25, 38, 38, 20. So Kyrie can't expect him to have a good game in this game. I think <sighs> – I mean, are we just blindly going to back, like, Durant 35, Giannis 35, or, like, maybe Giannis yeah. 40, Durant 35? And yeah, Giannis, and Durant, Giannis, Kyrie. Like, matter of fact, there's, like, a method that I've seen on Twitter where people, like, take the highest people and bet their points prop in a parlay and they slowly like trickle it down yeah yeah so if you i would play that method here i think it's a good chance of that and you like take Giannis and kd for let's just go ahead and say we take them for 35 or matter of fact let's do Kyrie because we just talked about Kyrie. so well no that's gonna mess up the method so yeah Giannis and kd and then you come back with Hollett, well, dang, what'd you say? I'm, I'm just going to experiment here. Uh, if you put Durant and Giannis to each score 35, it pays out a roughly 6-1. to one. If you take Giannis to score 40, Giannis 40 is plus 310. That's such horrible odds. Yeah, it I is. can't even entertain that thought. Like, Durant 40 plus is, is 6-1. to one. Yeah, that's I'm looking at it. That's ridiculous. There's no value to be had anywhere. Uh... I mean, if you take each of them to score 40, it's 28 to 1, which isn't even that good. There's a fun way we can play this. I'm just trying Kyrie to. Kyrie 30 plus is plus 250, which is kind of interesting. So if we take Giannis for 35, we take Kyrie for 30. I think I found, I think I found a parlor we could do. And we take Drew Holiday for 25. I'm just going to read off what I got while you pull okay. the odds there. Okay. I got Giannis at 40, uh, Durant at 35, and Kyrie oh. at 30. Yes, I know there's a lot of points involved. I would kind of lean to an over. I get it. But that three pick would pay out a 41 to 1. And then what happens if you toss Drew Holiday in there at 25? Uh, if you toss Holiday in there at 25, you. Well, Drew Holiday to score twenty five is plus three sixty. Yes, that's insane. I would, I would pl- like play Drew Holiday just by himself. So Drew Holiday, if you throw him in there, that pays out at two hundred twelve to one. But if you move it down to twenty points, which is plus one fifteen, that pays out at roughly ninety two to one. I think we found it for Giannis forty, Durant thirty five, Kyrie thirty, Holiday twenty. Hold up, ninety two to one. Hold up, Giannis forty, Durant. 35, Kyrie, 30, 30 and, and Drew, Drew 20. 20. That's 125 points. So, yeah, they could have half the points in a game. They could. Yeah, okay, that's it right there. Read that one off one more time. That's it right there. That's the All point. Right. So, uh, Giannis, 40, Durant, 35, Kyrie, 30, Holiday, 20. 
pays out a roughly 92 to one. All right. There we go. That's it right there. Whew, all right. That was, I'm sweating. You, you could play it safer and potentially move Durant down. To, you can move some things around. Yeah. Yeah. The like, is it'll still be your a nice way. Surprise. We're DJs here. All right. Anything else for this game? I think we, we've hit everything on the mark for that one. Uh, no, I think we're good. All right. Before we get into the rest of the slate, I'm here to talk to you about WinBet, the official sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, where they have live betting. They have same game parlays. They have the DGEN's only WinBet parlay wheel. Great uh, promo. Ooh, whoa, that was the sickness speaking there. Great promos, odds, and payouts right now at WinBet. So much to some. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet, where if you sign up today, you can get a special offer bet, $100, get a $100 free bet. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer such as change terms and conditions at WinBet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Mini Helmet Contest. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. The sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet for your chance to win a free SGP Mini Helmet. And football bingo is back. Only thing about it is, unfortunately, it is on NBA Christmas Day. However, you don't have to lock into the games. You can still hang out with us on Christmas and join the NFL Christmas contest, just go to the SGPN app, get your bingo card, and just look up the results of the game and check off your bingo card. Every bingo gets a $100 SGPN gift card exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, next game on the slate, we have the Toronto Raptors playing the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland, minus four and a half for the Cavs. 215 is the total. Injury report for these two teams, and we have for Toronto, Gary Trent Jr. is questionable with a quad injury. Kim Birch is questionable with a illness. Otto Porter Jr. is out. Precious Achua is out, as you already know. And for the Cavs, Evan Mobley is questionable with a knee injury. Lamar Stevens is questionable with a knee injury. Dean Wade, Dylan Windler, Ricky Rubio, all still out. Raptors are 2-0 against the Cavs this season. And both games finished under a total of 213. So we have 215, and the Cavs are getting minus are get are getting four and a half points at home. I mean, I like the under anyway. Like the under was going to be one of my main choices. This game is underwritten all over it. You're expecting pace to be slow. Toronto defensively against the Knicks played pretty well. Uh, I, it helped that Randall smoked that play <laughs> up, but we're not going to talk about that still. Toronto's defense has been playing a little bit better recently. Offensively, we know they can really struggle at times. But both games, though, were in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's 16-2 and at home. So you can argue that you can toss out how the first two games went in terms of the side because Toronto at home should win those games. And on the road, Cleveland should win their home games because, I mean, they're so good at home. But yep. the total, I think, is pretty telling that – both games were basically rock fights, and it went under. I do like Cleveland in this game, though. Uh, we saw Siakam go for fifty-two nine and seven. He had his garden moment. That he had his he had his garden moment. It's only so, fitting if he's going to be terrible in this game. Like it, it, yeah. I really could see yeah. him be horrible in this game, and it wouldn't surprise me. But 
I'm going I mean, he's going to he's going to have an issue of getting, you know, Siakam gets his points in the paint. Like, that's yeah. how he does his work. He gets in the post and he finds his way in the paint and goes to work by the rim. Good luck with Jared Allen and potentially Evan Mobley both still sitting there. Even without Mobley, Mobley only played 23 minutes against Milwaukee. He got hurt pretty early on. They managed to hold hold serve without him and they won the game anyway. I got to take Cleveland. It's four and a half. You're 16 and two at home. You're incredible against the spread at home. And Toronto, yes, they beat the Knicks. They're still four and twelve on the road. I, I'm not, and the Knicks are on a back-to-back. You can argue fatigue angle was there. I got to mm-hmm. take Cleveland. I mean, it's a tale as old as time, isn't it? Just take Cleveland at home. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I want to, I want to be contrarian. I want to find a way to be contrarian here. And maybe it is that Toronto potentially has this team's number. I think contrarians like Cleveland team total under, which could potentially win with Cleveland winning the game. But we like the under. I see Cleveland at four and a half. I think first team to 100 wins in this game. And I think Cleveland's more likely to score 100. So I'll go with Cleveland. Last five games, the home team has won and covered every single game. The home team was favored in all five games. Home team covered all five games. Just saying, so, the home road splits for these two teams are pretty jarring. So night and day. So yeah, I'm I'm not going to question it. I think that your contrarian angle of playing Cleveland team total under is very good, especially with them getting the juice of being a favorite. Yeah. But yeah, it's Cleveland minus four and a half for me. Now, if you're looking for an actual team total, it's going to be around one hundred nine and a half, one ten and a half. That seems a little high. Yeah. Yeah, no. For Cleveland. Because who goes off in this game? Like, who do you... I mean, of course, Mitchell's going to be the immediate answer. But is this is this not a game that you play all unders? You could. I You'd have to probably find one guy. It could be a Mitchell game where he goes off and the rest of the team doesn't really yeah. do much. Yeah. And like... Toronto might be in the same boat. But... That's another that's another thing I'm thinking about. I, I'm, just, I'm in parlay free. mode. This is a Friday. I'm in parlay mode like all day. I'm sitting here. I'm in Virginia. I'm going in here throwing slips in left, right, left, right. Like I'm in parlay mode right now. I just that's expect really to I'm see thinking. an ugly game. Yeah, that's what I think as well. All right. Anything else? Anything prop-wise stand out? Uh, prop-wise, no. I thought maybe about making a double-double stance with either Siakam or maybe Barnes, but eh, like I don't feel great about it. No, I thought about Garland assists, but we expect the under to happen, so I'm not going to expect him to go over. No, look at, I, look, I really at look at Moonoff in the chat not paying attention. We already talked about this, Moonoff. Yeah, I know you're sick, AD, but we already said that we thought Siakam was going to regress. <laughs> It really would be fitting if he just has a terrible shooting game after. Yeah, uh, because that's what the Knicks do, and that's what the the Garden effect is. The Garden effect. Everybody, every player in the league is gonna have their moment in the Garden at some point because everybody thinks they're Jordan when they come play the Knicks at fucking home. Like, yeah, oh my gosh, just don't get me started. So let let's fi- matter of fact, let's just go straight over to the Knicks because let's figure out who's gonna be Jordan tonight on the Bulls. Bulls are playing the Knicks in in New York. What do you mean, who's going to be? It, it's DeRozan. What are you talking about? DeRozan. I feel like DeRozan's already had his moment in Madison. He goes to the foul line 16 times a game when he plays the Knicks. Like, come on. Like, he's going he's gonna to live at the foul line tonight. Minus five and a half for the Knicks. 225 and a half is the total. 
injury report for these two teams. And we it's a good have... call by Munaf, by the way. Uh, Jared Allen over 10 and a half rebounds. That play, I don't mind. Especially if Mobley's out. I think there's some good spots for Allen to get rebounds. Maybe you can argue Kevin Love if Mobley's out. Maybe Love yeah. starts, but Jared Allen rebounds, that I can agree with. Toronto is still a pretty undersized team. That's, I do. I like That's that. a good look. See, look, he's look at him coming off the bench. Moonoff coming off the bench and do and adding some contribution. I love it. He doesn't let an injury slow him down. All right. Injury news for the Bulls. Caruso, concussion, and a shoulder. Ew. He's out. Gordon Drogic is probable with an ankle injury. Javante Green is doubtful with the knee injury. Derek Jones Jr. is out with an ankle injury. And we all know the travesty that is Lonzo Ball right now. Quentin Grimes is questionable with an ankle injury. Obi Toppin is not going to be playing still. Uh, a man quickly had a lot of usage in his start against with Grimes out. So, mm-hmm. and Love, Grimes being I, out is a big deal because he's one of your best defensive players. Especially right. somebody said, "Who's the best beat baller between us three? It's clearly me. I, I, I have. The high, I just want. I don't else. think anybody's seen all of us in person, but I just want you to know I have a significant height advantage. Over I just said Scott that. Yeah, you're taller. Yeah, I have, a, <laughs> like, I have a height advantage over Munaf, and you have a height advantage. Over <laughs> so. so it's a significant height advantage there. So I'm just gonna throw that out there. I mean, you're matching up on Munaf potentially in the post. That might be barbecue chicken work, but I, I mean, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I was thinking it. I wasn't gonna say it, but I was like, hey, you put me in the post against Munaf, and he might have some issues there. But all right. Let's go ahead and um, get back to the handicap of this game. I mean, the Bulls are just auto auto fade alert for me. I don't Can know you make a case for them? I don't know. I, I thought Chicago actually played okay the last two games. I mean, they played. Who did they play? They played Atlanta and they played uh, Miami. I mean, okay, Miami. I'm, I'm, Miami's just saying, like Miami like, is a home Chicago, favorite. Is an auto fade though. I get it, but I'm saying people have been talking about, like, including me, that Chicago was an auto fade. I looked at the team was falling apart, but they did win two straight, so they managed to fully, somewhat get it together before the whole, you know, before the whole floor collapsed. But it is what the third time they've played the season, third time in two weeks, third time in a week and a yeah. half. Yeah, Knicks swept them at home. I, yeah, that that happened. The first one went to overtime, then Bulls didn't show up for the second game. Oh Grimes has been good. In, the, in those two games. He had the big three in overtime. He's been an effective piece. The Knicks feel obvious. I think this might be my contrarian spot. I think I'm going to lean Chicago. Third meeting in two weeks. I think it's a decent spot for the Bulls to get some revenge. I could, I could be dead wrong, but I, I just, I don't know. I feel like Chicago might be feisty tonight. I want to back Chicago. I want to back. Maybe I'm, and maybe this is just the fact that I have recency bias with the fact that I backed Chicago in the second game in the back to back versus the the Knicks, and they absolutely got destroyed. They know showed the game. I know. I know for a fact somebody is going to go off in this game for the Bulls. I know somebody's going to have the garden moment. I, it always happens. It never fails. I don't think I can get there, man. I don't. I, I want. I want to get there. I want to. I just don't see it. The Bulls really like what? What do they do that you really sit there and be like, "Oh, I love when the Bulls do that." I like, just think defensively they might have some problems without Grimes against the wings of Chicago. Yeah. 
<sighs> looking, looking at the actual money, 57% of the money's on uh, on New York, which isn't exactly surprising. But the spread hasn't moved. It's still five and a half, which I find kind of interesting. I'd probably wait. I think I'll we'll take, probably I'll see take more the, Knicks money. I'll take the Bulls in the points. Knicks win a close one. Okay. I'm trying to see if I can quickly just pull up any more detail on the actual money here. Um, yeah, I mean, from what I can tell, money's on the Knicks, but the line hasn't moved that much. So I'm kind of wondering if there's a reason for that or maybe it just hasn't moved yet. We'll see. I don't know. I feel like Chicago might be a decent dog spot where usually in the NBA you'll have like one or two dogs that nobody sees coming or one that you yeah. kind of like half thought about that didn't actually yeah. cross your mind to bet. That could be the Bulls tonight. Oh, yeah. Just I just – Knicks are really bad. If the Bulls do get a win, of course it's at home in the Garden and against the Knicks. So I'm just concerned with how bad the Knicks defense was without Grimes against Siakam. And, and I'm not saying Grimes would have guarded Siakam, but the Knicks defensively just could not guard Siakam to save their lives the entire game. And I think the Bulls have some athleticism on the wings that could give the Knicks problems. Because I'll ask you with this. If Grimes is out, Who's guarding DeRozan and who's going to guard uh, Levine? I know Levine's had a bad year, but still. Who would guard those two guys? McBride? You throw McBride on one of them? Yeah, Quickly's not guarding a thing if he's in. That's what I'm saying. Would McBride start? And that's probably that's probably is like a good point. Grimes does. Okay, this is the handicap. If Grimes plays, I'm on the Knicks. If Grimes doesn't play, I'm on the Bulls. Okay. I think it's I think it's correlated to me. I think you make a case for like DeRozan 30 or 35 and Bulls money line. Yeah, I, that's probably if the, if the Bulls win. DeRozan, oh, that's it's, it's because DeRozan went off. Absolutely. What's that pay? Let me see. I'm pulling it up right now. You want that 30 pays, or you want 35? Uh, 35. Okay. 30. All right. So I see DeRozan 25 and a win is 370. I see DeRozan 30 and a win is 680. And DeRozan 35. Oh, wait. That is not. That's probably going to be close to like 9 to 1. Yeah, it is. If not, ten, if not ten to one. So money line because I got to make this one. And DeRozan to score thirty five points is eleven to one. I'm I'm just saying if we think there's basically one way for the Bulls to win, and that's actually the only way I'll play the Bulls. That's a hell of a deal. That's actually the only way I'll play the Bulls. The only way I'll play the Bulls, and I probably will play this tonight, is DeRozan thirty five and a win. Because if the, if they win, it's because DeRozan went off. That's how I look at it. All right. I'm glad we figured that out. Huh. I need to talk that out. I just who's somebody random's gonna have a really good game for the Bulls. Kobe White. Sure. Why not? Because everybody apparently thinks they're they're Jordan when they come to the Garden. Like it's so frustrating as a Knicks fan. It's so frustrating to watch Mister Nobody go out there and put up forty in the Garden. All right. Next game on the slate. Time everybody's been waiting for. Minnesota Timberwolves are playing the Boston Celtics at home. Minus 10 for the Boston Celtics. 229 and a half is... Oh, we didn't talk about total in that game. My bad. For the Knicks, yeah, I'm on the over. I'm leaning over. All right, great. Fun talking about that. Yeah. 229 and a half is the total for the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Boston Celtics. Let's see here for an injury report for the Boston Celtics. And you have Marcus Smart, who is probable with an illness. He actually just went through shoot around. 
and Robert Williams is questionable with an illness as well. Man, this illness is going around. They got it. Me and Lunoff got it. Like, this is just something that's killing the league right now. Minnesota Timberwolves, Rudy Gobert is questionable with an ankle injury. I mean, you're, hoping, you know, you're, you're hoping he doesn't play <laughs> if, if you want you Minnesota, are. right? I mean, you you're are. hoping he doesn't play. Kyle Anderson is questionable with a back injury. Jordan McLaughlin is out with the calf. And, you know, you're not seeing Cat or Torian Prince. Uh, I mean, we all know what I'm doing. What What are you doing, Scott? That's I'm not taking the Celtics minus 10 and a half. Like, of course <laughs> not. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. I've been high on the Celtics this season, but you got to at least notice or at least acknowledge that teams are going to go through slumps during the course of the season. And yep. the Celtics have been slumping for about two weeks. The only time they won was when they beat the Lakers, which tells you how bad the Lakers are. But I just I think they barely covered that game. Uh, they blew it. Yeah, they gave up a 32. What was it? A 32 five run. And yep. then they came back and won the game anyway. But I, I just have to fade the Celtics here. They keep playing 10 and a half. They lost outright to Orlando twice. They lost outright to Indiana. I, I can't. I just can't do it. I, I, I think that if you're looking at a team that you should be fading for double digits right now, it's probably Boston. Now, if Gobert plays and Boston wins by 30, I'm just going to laugh. But still, based on current form, there's no way I can lay 10 and a half with Boston. I'll lean Minnesota. Huh. Man. So, I'd like to welcome everybody to Death Row Records. Come on. Thank I appreciate everybody for coming over to Death Row Records. Now. This is where I have to say about Boston, because I've said it all the time. When you least expect it, they let you down. And they did that for three straight games now. So you think they're going to beat the crap out of Minnesota tonight? Because I think everybody is on Minnesota now. Okay. That is the only thing that is scaring me about Minnesota tonight. I promise you it's the only thing. Well, because not, when everybody comes on my Minnesota side, can't guard the three. So if Boston hits their threes, they should win this game comfortably. Yeah, okay, I agree that. But whenever everybody is comes on my side with fuck Boston, fuck Boston, fuck Boston, that's when Boston comes back and they try to show something. So I'm curious. However, on the other side, they have Milwaukee on deck. Christmas Day. Do we have a letdown spot looking ahead to Christmas and looking past this Minnesota team? Can you have a look ahead spot after losing to Orlando twice and Indy? I don't know if you can have a look ahead spot in this situation. Usually look at spots involve you playing well, don't they? Yeah. I think Boston's more focused on just getting back on track, to be honest with you. I don't think they're I don't think they're focusing on Milwaukee at all. I'm not going to go against the brand and tell you to take Boston double digits here, but if you like Boston, you should feel good about Boston. Don't put your whole bankroll on it. I think that's what he's trying to say. If you like Boston, you should feel good about Boston tonight. Okay. That's my opinion. All right. 229 and a half. Over. Yeah, I was thinking over too. Gobert might not play. So you might see Minnesota play a lot more up-tempo. A lot of up-tempo. And if you look in – 
Boston defensively, they've been okay. Like they've been decent, but I think there's a I think there's a door open where Minnesota, with the pace that they like to run at, that they're able to be able to get a lot of points. Both of these teams really are good at playing with pace. Whether they do it all the time is besides the point but both of these teams really good at playing with a lot of pace so i'm not afraid of this just being a quicker tempo game because both of these teams feel like that they can get more on the other by running a faster tempo so yeah i will go with a um a over in this one i think there's a lot of pace mm. all right Next game on the slate, we have the dallas mavericks going to play the houston rockets in houston minus seven on the road for the Mavericks. 220 is the total. I want to fade the Rockets so badly, but the Mavericks are laying seven on the road. Oh. Doria Faye Smith is out with an adductor injury. Kemba Walker is out for injury recovery. Josh Green, Matt Cleaver, both not going to see them. Eric Gordon is out. Garrison Matthews is questionable. Josh Christopher is available. And you're not going to see Deshaun Tate like you haven't seen all year. Let's go through the Mavericks number. Well, let's just do numbers for both teams, but I'm highlighting the Mavericks here because you're getting the Mavericks laying seven points when they are 8-16-1 as a favorite this season, 6-9 on the road, 12-19-1 on the season ATS. The only thing that's green for them is the fact that they are 6-4 in their last 10 games ATS. We already know what Houston is. Like I don't have to read off Houston's bad. bad numbers. Yeah, they're bad they're numbers. Okay, here. Uh, yes, I, Christian Wood should be in the starting lineup. I mean, I'll blindly take like Wood double double against his old team. Like, I'll, I think there's a lot of props to be had with Wood having a good game against Houston. There's no way in hell I'm I'm laying seven on the road with no. Dallas. I don't care. And they're also a bit shorthanded. Now you can say that the supporting cast hasn't been good this entire season, so now they can experiment and maybe they'll find something. But they're missing Hart, Finney Smith. Uh, sorry, not Hart. They're missing Green. Sorry. They're missing Green, Finney Smith, uh, Hardy, Kleber, and Kemba. Now, you could say some of those guys aren't worth anything. I think Green's a very good player. I think he's looked like a good player this season. Finney Smith is a good defensive player. And Kleber's their small ball floor stretcher. So, it's not like Dallas is a full roster by any means. I'd probably look for Houston just because I think this one's too big. But if you want props, I don't mind looking at uh wood double double what having a good game maybe luca goes nuts we'll see but i can't lay seven with dallas i can't do it yeah this is this is screams one point game all right um yeah christian wood i'm on christian wood but that's that's about it here all right next game of state we have the indiana pacers going to play the miami heat six and minus six and a half for the heat at home 223 and a half is the total Entry report here. And for the Pacers, we have Tyrese Halliburton, who was questionable. Aaron Naismith is questionable. Tice, you're not going to see. And for the Miami Heat, who Jim Butler is probable. Kyle Lowry's not on injury report. Caleb Martin is questionable. Gabe Vincent is questionable. Dwayne Detman is probable. Udonis Haslam is questionable. Okay. So uh, would oh. double doubles even money. All right. Yeah, I like that. Okay. I mean, I don't have anything else to say. I'm not even I'm not even wasting my time with I'm this. Miami Miami 6 15 and 2 as a favorite this season. They are 3 12 and 1 at home. They're 
at home as a favorite numbers are absolutely atrocious. Like, and we have the upstart Pacers team nine and seven on the road, twelve and ten as an underdog. I just like this Pacers team more than this Miami Heat team. They both have the same record, but I think the Pacers are playing better, uh, better ball. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the Pacers. Uh, the, the Heat game against Chicago, I actually watched a bit of the second half. I was curious because Chicago was terrible for like a couple games prior, and Miami needed a win. And then I watched the game. Miami was up four at the half. Like they went on a, or they're up five at the half. They outscored Chicago by 15 in the second quarter. And I'm like, okay, you know, maybe Miami will find something. Miami hit a three pointer 25 seconds into the third quarter. So they led by eight. They proceeded to get outscored by roughly 20 points in the next five minutes. It was actually incredible. They got demolished in the third quarter. They no-showed the second half. They got outscored by 15 in the second half against Chicago. So Miami is just a bad basketball team. I mean, there's really no other way around it. Uh, if you want to look at the run Chicago went on, Miami led a 60-52. to 52. Chicago ended up leading 75-65. to 65. So they went on a 20, what was that, a 23-5 to 5 run in the span of about five minutes. I, this Miami team is just bad. I, I, I can't. I, I Earlier this season, I made a statement saying, I think Miami might be in panic mode early. And I remember it was either you or Munaf who tried to talk me off the ledge and say they were going to figure it out. They're a veteran team. They'll find a way. I think I was on to something. This team isn't very good. And they're constantly battling injury report news all the time. I just don't understand how you're so bad at home. Are we sure Miami's a playoff team? Like I don't know how no. I think this team is good. No, they're they're fighting for they're going to be fighting for a playing spot. Yeah, I truly believe they're going to be fighting for a playing spot. There's a lot of teams in the East I would take over them right now. We were I, like three, four weeks in. And I'm like, this Miami team might have some problems, and I get the argument was it's still early. We'll see. They haven't improved at all as the season's going on. They suck. It's yeah, easy. It's good. so easy to say. They suck. They they're are bad. not good. And no matter what lineup they put in, no matter if they're all the way healthy, no matter people, I know that all the issues they have, availability is the best availability. They are the Clippers of the East. They are the Clippers of the East. They suck. They're not good. They, I, I cannot get behind. They have to show it to me, and they're going to have to show it to me for a while for me to back Miami again. So, no, I'm I'm good on Miami. I don't know how. My, the number is creeping up, and maybe that is a telltale that we probably should be on Miami. I can't do it. I don't care. This Indiana seems better than them, and they're so bad as a favorite at home. So I'm Indiana plus Indiana. six and a half. I'm looking at the under as well. This total seems way too high. It's at 223 and a half. They've played twice this season. Neither meeting landed above 200. The total is <laughs> 223 and a half. What, yeah, are, we doing? what are we doing here? Like, I'll take yeah. the under. Especially with all the injury news, absolutely. Neither right. team has scored 102, and the total's 223 and a half. I'll take the under. I'm going to go blow my nose with okay. the sickness again. But before I do that, I'm going to let you talk about the New Orleans Pelicans on a back-to-back going to play the Oklahoma City Thunder minus two for the Thunder at home. 233 is the total injury report for these two teams. And you have Zion still in health and safety protocols. You're still not going to see Brandon Ingram. Larry Nance Jr. is questionable. Well, not questionable. He's TBD. But for 
Oklahoma City Thunder, what? Trey Mann is out. Uh, Jalen Williams is out. Can't even Yang. say Trey Mann's out. He got demoted. Yeah, <laughs> he's in the he G did. League now. That's he really crazy. And he was like one of my favorite players, but mm-hmm. he was playing pretty bad. Uh, you're not, you know, you're not going to see JRE. You're not going to see Dang. You're not going to see Chet Holcomb. Of course, you all know that. Yeah. All right, Scott. You're getting right. to with OKC, and I'm probably going to ask you what you said again in a second, but your floor is yours. Yeah. So for this one, OKC is favored slightly. A pretty rare favorite role here for OKC. I think I am going to take the Thunder. I'm not exactly a fan of the travel spot here for New Orleans. There were only two games on yesterday, and New Orleans was in one of them. They were shorthanded because Zion didn't play, and you're looking at how that game went. Of course, New Orleans won. They beat San Antonio pretty comfortably. They won by nine. Game got close at the end, but New Orleans basically dominated from start to finish. But since they were shorthanded, I have to at least point out the overall minutes that were played by the active players for New Orleans. And McCollum played 37 minutes. The other starters played somewhere around 25 or so. Herb Jones played 34. But McCollum played 37. They're on a back-to-back with travel to OKC. OKC is pretty well-rested. I think I have to take OKC. I just think that we, we saw them play a couple weeks ago. New Orleans won barely. That game was very close. Zion played. He was a monster in that game. But with Zion being out, with McCollum on the back-to-back playing 37 minutes last night, I really don't like the spot for New Orleans with travel. I'm going to take OKC. (sighs) The fatigue angle, I think, is too much when only four teams played yesterday. Yeah, I know they have the rest advantage. And the health advantage. I kind of promised myself I wasn't going to take OKC as a favorite anymore. Um, Yeah, after that Minnesota game, I kind of promised I wasn't going to take them as a favorite anymore. But this is a really good spot for them to get right. And I understand why they're a minus two favorite. I'm handicapping solely based on the spot. Pelicans are shorthanded and their main star players, quote unquote, McCollum and Herb Jones, each played 34 plus minutes last night. It, it is a pretty bad spot for the Pelicans. Yeah, it's a terrible spot for them. All right. I, back in the spot. This is this is all right. This is it. This is the last like you know how people be like hey, I, God, I promise you if you if you get me out of being drunk right now, I'll never get drunk again. Like this this is it for me. I promise you. If OKC doesn't cover this as a favorite, I will never touch OKC as a favorite again for the rest of the season. I, I promise you that. I will not. But I will back them this one last time because this is a great spot. And plus, you know that I think SGA is going to have a pretty solid game. Now he's going to have his work cut out with him for with Herb Jones because Herb Jones is probably going to step up and take that matchup. But he's been good. Like, he's been really good no matter who the best defender is on the other side of the ball. He's found ways to get to the rim get and be able to score the basketball. I think this is going to be one of those situations where he does it again and really carry this team again. So, plus, was that the last time these teams played? Did they play this season? Yeah, they played earlier. Uh, Zion played well, but the game was close. Pelicans won by like three or four. Game was close. Where? What was the game? I remember that game because Munaf and I had a Valanciunas double-double, and he proceeded to just not play at all basically in the fourth quarter. I think he finished one point short, which was frustrating. But yeah, Pelicans won by four. But Zion had like 30 and 10, and Zion killed this team. So Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a big loss. All right. 
I was just thinking because I had um, $15,000. I had a parlay and I had $15,000 riding on the Thunder money line against the Pelicans one time. And SGA hits an incredible shot that oh, quote unquote sends year. it to overtime. Yeah, and then Devontae the Graham shot. And Devontae Graham hits the long, like one of the longest shots ever yeah. to blow my Thunder money line and $15,000 for me. So when I see these two teams, I always am hesitant to take the Thunder. To be fair, though, they were trying to intentionally foul Shea before he shot the three, and they just didn't call the foul. So Mm -hmm. you got a bit lucky they even counted the Shea three in the first place. Uh, But you're saying Garrett Temple was trying to hack him pretty clearly, and they just didn't call it. So I just have bad – whenever I see OKC in Pelicans, I just – I think I have bad memories. That was – have you ever had a beat like that, y'all? Like literally, the like if they went to overtime and they got killed in overtime, I would have felt better because like okay, they just weren't a good overtime team. For him to hit that shot, that I've shot, all, I've had all time beats before, but the parlay payout was not like fifteen grand, so it doesn't really. Yeah, it was a fifteen payout. grand payout. I once lost the final leg of a parlay. I was I was a sophomore in college. It was the final leg of a college football parlay. Mm-hmm. It was Bowling Green against Ohio. And Bowling Green converted a fourth and 30 Hail Mary with a minute to go. <laughs> and they ended up losing by like seven. I had Ohio minus 12. They converted a fourth and 30 with a minute to go for a touchdown. And that's how I lost my parlay. So drop your, your worst parlay bad beats or worst bad beats you have in the comments so I can laugh while we finish the rest of the show. We got to go hurry up. We're going way, way over on yep. time, and we got a number of games. Next thing on, well, 233 is the total. I am on the under. Just I'm leaning under. I just told it's way too high. Yeah. I don't think that the New Orleans is going to come up and put a bunch of points on the back. On a back-to-back with travel and no Zion? Like, no. Before like, Christmas? Yeah, I'm on the under. All right. Portland is playing – the Portland Trailblazers are playing the Denver Nuggets in Denver. Minus four and a half for the Denver Nuggets. 232 and a half is the total injury report for these two. And we have Damian Lillard, who is probable with a wrist injury. Nurkic, who is probable with a calf. Josh Hart, probable with a ankle injury. Drew Eubanks is probable with a hip injury. Justice Winslow is doubtful with the ankle injury. Then you know you're not seeing Nazir Little or Kerry Payton the second. And then we also have Jamal Murray, who is questionable injury management, and Michael Porter Jr. And it says here, said he'll play. So okay. whatever you want to take that to be. And Jeff Green, uh, that is probable. All right. I mean, I can't. I'm still at I'm still at a point where I don't fade the where I don't fade the Trailblazers. I feel like it's actually a good spot for Portland. Denver won a game against Memphis on national TV very comfortably. Jokic had another ridiculous stat line 13 13 and 13 because why not? I've mentioned this before. I try to fade teams that get that do pretty well in national TV games and I try to back teams that got blown out on national TV games. And Denver's still a team I don't fully trust because yep. Jokic is their entire team. He does everything. And I know that Portland's had a hard time guarding him in the past. Denver can't guard Lillard, though, so I guess it's a trade-off. But I'm going to lean Portland here. I think that people will blindly take Denver because they killed Memphis on national TV. Doesn't this line feel very short for a Denver team that's a number one in the Western Conference at yeah. home? 
Yeah. Feels very short. I'm going to lean Portland. Portland, I think, I mean, this Western Conference is so close that if Portland were, and I'm probably going to look up odds for Portland to be the number one seed just because I, I like how they play. I like their team. And they haven't even, they haven't even gotten their deep, best defensive player back yet. So I like Portland's outlook and, how I'm sure that Gary Payton the second exists. Is he like a? Is he like? I don't a, think he's a real person anymore. I don't know what happened to him. Like I don't actually think person? I've seen him, okay. and I've watched Portland games. I don't think I've actually seen him with. The I don't team. think I've ever seen him on the side one. Yes, I, I, I don't recall, and I actually watch Portland's games a good about because uh, so, I really like this team. They just lost two straight to OKC on the road, and you figured they thought in their mind that they were going to get the second one for sure. So mm. uh, I think this is a really good bounce back spot. They're still really good on the road, ATS, 12-7 and seven against the spread, and that's after losing two and not covering two games on the road against OKC. So still really, really good against the spread. Really, really good as an underdog, 13-6 and six as an underdog. So I think that this is a really good spot against the Denver team that sucks as a favorite. They're 9-14 and 14 as a favorite. And we sit here and we look at all the options that Portland has to throw at you in that starting lineup, whereas Damian Lillard, Jeremy Grant, who should look for a little bit of revenge in this game as well. And you have Anthony Simons. They just have so many options. I could sit here and see – all five starters, honestly, having double figures in this game, especially if Michael Porter Jr. plays because Lord knows he can't guard a fly. And you're so. looking at the two meetings this season. Portland won by 25, and they played in Denver. They arguably should have won the game because Lord hit the go-ahead three, and then Murray hit the game winner with like .5 on the clock. So Portland could easily be 2-0 and against this team. All right. And I like I the so. over. Yeah, I'm on over as well. Quick bad beat from Brandon in the chat. He bet on the Colts last week. Oh, I'm not even going to say anything else. Everybody That's an knows. all-timer. Yeah, that is an all-timer. I'm not even going to say anything else. It would have been else. the worst beat of all time for Colts plus three and a half if they lost by six, but they ended yeah, up covering no. that. Yeah, yeah, if they didn't cover that number, that would have been sick. But, mm-hmm. yeah, money line, money line Colts bettors were absolutely hurt in that game. Next game on the slate, we have the Washington Wizards playing the Sacramento Kings. That is – Nine for the Kings at home. 239 and a half is the total. Injury report for the Wizards. And we have Christoph Porzingis, Diddy, Av- Avici, Av- I don't even know. Avdia. Avdia. Yeah, that's how you say it. Avdia. And DeLon Wright, all TBD if they're going to play in this game. And Rashawn Holmes for the Kings is questionable with an illness. Are we? Are the Kings getting too many points here? They're almost at double digits. You can make an argument because they don't guard anybody. And they did yeah. lose to Charlotte. Washington is on a back-to-back, though. So are you assuming that Beal and everyone's going to play in this game? I don't know. Porzingis didn't play last night. Okay. So, that, so is it possible they just tag-team it? With him and Beal, they just swap them out? Possibly. There's only one thing I'm really looking at. Sabonis rebounds is 13 and a half. All right. Is it back-to-back 20 pieces for rebounds? 13 and a half? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll take it. Close. Uh, good call on that, too, by the way. Thank you. Um, oh, my gosh. Back-to-back, back-to-back, back-to-back. Uh, uh, it's just too many points. Give me the Wizards plus nine. Who's who's running to the window to bet the Wizards tonight? I, think I just like the over. Teams. It's a high. It's a really really high total. I get it, but 
I, I mean, the Kings don't have any. Who, don't guard anybody. Who? Who? They don't even like Davion Mitchell. I don't even think they like him as a person anymore. And they bring him in for like 15 minutes a game. Yeah, I don't even think and they I, like, I him, as like him as a player. Anymore. I think he's good. I love him as a player, but they don't like. They don't use him. They don't use him. All right. Yeah, I'm leaning over. I'm on over as well. I think that's that's the better play for me. But or at least first half over. Maybe you can worry about fatigue for Washington. Yeah, Wizards now eight and two. Now eight and two in their last ten games in the first half over. So I, I'm comfortable backing that first half over again in this game with the Wizards. Yeah, going up against the Kings. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Memphis Grizzlies. My Memphis Grizzlies on the road going to play the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix minus two and a half for the Grizzlies. Two twenty six is the total. Uh, for the Grizzlies, Desmond Bain is questionable. And, you know, you're not seeing Danny Green. <laughs> Woj telling Danny Green he was on the trade block while they were on set. It's not Woj, but uh, Brian Windhurst saying that he was on the uh, trade block while they were on set. Absolutely hilarious. It's actually funny because Windhorse was on a podcast for The Ringer about a day prior. And he said on air he was going to say that <laughs> while Danny Green was next to him. So that wasn't on the fly. He already had yeah. that planned, and he said it anyway. Premeditated. That's hilarious. All right, for the – wow, I did not know this. <laughs> All right, for the Suns, Devin Booker is out. Chris Paul is not on injury report. Campaign is out. Josh Koki is questionable. Jock Londale is questionable. You know you're not seeing Cam Johnson. Don't I have to take Memphis in this game? Memphis gets up. I don't care what nobody says. Memphis gets up when they play the the, the big Western Conference teams. Like, I don't care how they're playing this season. When they play the Suns and when they play Golden State, Memphis gets up for those games. It's most – first of all, I hated the jock comments. You know, I'm not worried about the Western Conference. All right, all right maybe you should make the finals first. But still, Memphis is probably the most talented team right now. At least they're playing good basketball. You can argue, mm. you know, Denver, but it's mostly Jokic. New Orleans, I think, is too young. The Warriors without Curry for a month, they might not even make the playoffs. So Memphis should probably be the one seed. But the Suns, they piece it together for a couple of games there. Booker was going nuts again. And then they lost to the Wizards. And you saw Bridges and Aiton yelling at each other with about a minute to go in the game. Monty Williams started yelling at Aiton again. So the chemistry shot. You're looking at the injuries. Booker's not playing. Is there anything to like about the Suns in this game besides the fact they're blindly at home? That the fact that nobody likes them. I guess, but I got to take Memphis here. Yeah, I can't. I can't get behind it. You're having teammates yell at each other in game, and Aiton goes for like thirty and ten, and he's still being a teammate cancer. Like I, I have to go with Memphis here. Yeah, I, I can't get behind the Suns. I can't do it. I, the only thing that I could sit here and say, if you like Phoenix, what will go in your favor is the fact that uh, you have a look ahead for Memphis. And that's playing the Warriors on Christmas Day. But now Steph's not playing in that game. So how much of a look ahead is it really? Uh, that's what I'm saying. And Phoenix is still a team that's well-respected in the Western Conference. So Yeah. I think they. I think. I think Memphis comes in. I mean, Memphis is well. probably going to be Golden State by thirty on Christmas, but that's a separate story. Give me Memphis eleven plus win margin. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious what that price is, but I could really see Memphis coming out and just smacking this team. Yeah, absolutely. All right, last game of the slate. This should be quick. Charlotte Hornets are going to play the Los Angeles Lakers in Los Angeles. Minus three for the Lakers. Two forty-two 
is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Hornets, Terry Rozier's questionable. Dennis Smith Jr. is questionable. Total's 242. Oh, God. LeBron I mean, James. I'm not surprised, but like, <laughs> oh, God. That's a, such a huge total. Okay. LeBron James probable. Russell Westbrook probable. Austin Reeves questionable. Anthony Davis is not going to play. JTA is not going to play. By the way, Grizzlies to win by 11 plus is plus 310. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. That might be my dog. All right. I mean, is this not just a spot where a bad team comes, plays Lakers, and they absolutely show out? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's definitely a spot. I think if you want to go for player props, you blindly take Thomas Bryant double-double because yeah. they're against Charlotte. That's a given. Uh, he also had a double-double last game, so he's the pretty much the only center that they actually have at this point. Uh, but I actually want to see the odds on that for Thomas Bryant double-double. Um, my question for you is, do you think anyone in Charlotte can even pretend to guard LeBron James? No. Not at all. I don't think they can pretend to guard him. I don't think that they can even go to sleep and dream about guarding him. He probably cooks them in their dreams. And it turns into a nightmare. Plus 190? Really? Get out of here. Really? 190? Get out of here. Plumley probably gets fouls out. I still think Nick Richards should be starting, for the record. And guess what? Charlotte. Double, double. Hell yeah. And this is also a terrible spot for them. They're, this is We're sitting here. They've been on the road for over a week now. They've been on the road since, what, the Sunday the 18th. Mm-hmm. Been on the road against that, played Denver, played Sacramento. Good winning in Sacramento, I'll give you that. And uh, played the Clippers. And you're telling me Christmas is this weekend. They are ready to get to the crib. They are ready to get home. Like, they are ready to go home. They are not getting up for this game at all. They're about to sleepwalk through this game. I don't think Charlotte's going to give anything in this game. Give me Lakers to win by 11-plus, and give me uh, Grizzlies to win by 11-plus in a parlay. Okay. Uh, Let me just pull up what Lakers are to win by uh, 11-plus. It's going to be somewhere in the 200s, but it is plus 290. So you have a plus 290 and a plus 310. Yes. Like, I I truly believe that Charlotte's ready to pack it up, get to the crib. They did their job. They won one game. They yes. beat the Kings. That's it. Yes. That's it. They're not giving anything else. That's it. All right. I want to say LeBron can score 40 in this game, but, like, it's terrible odds. I can't do it. I'll tell you what a sleeper play might be. You want to make a case for Westbrook triple-double? Yeah. I don't mind it. Yeah. Totals 242. Charlotte can't rebound. I think he might have a, some value there on Westbrook triple-double. All right. Uh, it's 12 to oh, 1. And under. Give me the under. I'm, it's too much. It, we're seven points. I lost seven points of value. Give me the under. I don't care. Charlotte's not going to do their part in scoring. That's my thing. I, I'm, I think I'd rather take a Charlotte team total under than yeah. a full game under here. But... Yeah, I'm I agree. See if I can find better odds in the triple bubble. While you're doing that, let me talk to everybody about Dave because Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. Look, if you're struggling around this holiday time, you want to go get some extra gifts and you know you're getting paid next week, talk to my guy Dave. He can help you out. No interest fees, no credit checks, no late, no late fees. Look. 
Download Dave app from the App Store now. I promise you, you won't regret it. Go to dave.com slash SGPN. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. Terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank and member and trust member FDIC. All right, you got those triple double odds. Uh, the best I found was twelve to one for Westbrook, which I don't think is what. Westbrook, but twelve to one. Yeah, that's all I found. Couldn't get twenty. I was hoping to. I mean, maybe if you do a same game parlay and you just I would parlay, parlay. three rebounds assists. I'd parlay. I'd parlay him with somebody. There's a there's a fun way to play that somewhere. Well, let me let me see what it is if you actually create your own. Sometimes if you do a same game parlay with the ten plus, it actually pays out bigger than the uh, preset triple double. So let me see what I can get. But uh, anyway, if you want, you can continue, and I'll just tell you. What yeah. All right. Lock and dog time before my computer dies. For my lock, let's go to wow. Uh, See, Memphis, L.A., Lakers is actually just... Oh, 12 to one's the best I'm going to get for Westbrook. So, I'm out. Yeah, this line is too short. Give me Lakers, minus three. That's okay. my lot. For my dog... Wow, I like a lot of dogs today. Let's go to... I actually am... I'm actually might pivot... Munaf said it earlier that Kellen Joss is playing. I think I'm pivoting over to San Antonio okay. with the large number. But I'm not going to make them my dog. So I'm going to just go back. Give me Portland plus 160 on the road. They get a good win against uh, the Denver Nuggets. Okay. Uh, so for me, I'm going to go with the Pistons plus a nine as my lock against the Hawks. Hawks right. shouldn't be laying a nine against anybody. I don't even care. Yep. And my dog's going to beat Thomas Bryan double-double at plus 190. All right. Like it. Love it. Anything else for people before we get up out of here? Uh, no. Looking forward to the games tonight. I'm sure there's a lot of good parlays to be had. I know we're going to bet the uh, Nets game parlay we gave out. But looking forward to the weekend. Should be fun. And let's make some money. Happy holidays. Moonoff said, keep an eye on LaMelo Ball threes if Rozier doesn't go. Last five games, he's averaging five makes and 11 attempts. Yeah, I do like that. And he should show out in L.A. You know he's an L.A. guy, so he's probably, you know, he should show out. And for his lock, DeRozan over 25 and a half points. Yeah, that's a very, very good lock. I'm with you on there as well. I said it before, but once again, I'll say it again. Happy New Year. Uh, happy, uh, you know, happy holidays. And yeah, there you go. Yep. We will be back tomorrow for a special Saturday edition. Everybody, if you don't know that, we will be back tomorrow. About same time, 11 a.m. Eastern, give or take a couple of minutes. I'm late all the time, whatever. Uh we will be back for Christmas Day's breaking down a Christmas Day game. So join us for that special Saturday edition of the pod. Me, uh, we'll see if Moon Off. Moon Off is currently questionable. McKee's right now. Be there, though. I'm probable he's questionable. Uh Ryan McKee, he is in. So he is absolutely in there. We'll see who all is up there, but we will have a special Christmas Day pod going on on Christmas Eve tomorrow. So happy holidays, everyone. No other way to end the podcast. Wait, if you're not subscribed, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you leave a review, all of that. But now we're going to end the podcast like this. We're out of here. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to.